Between Rounds Radio presents MMA Stories, the good, the bad, and the bizarre. Here is Monty Cox and Jeremy Horn. Back again, MMA Stories after a week of uh, absence. Uh, and absence makes the heart grow fonder. I'm TJ DeSantis. Jeremy Horn's over there. Hi, hi Jeremy. How you doing, TJ? I miss you. <laughs> and Monty Cox is here. That's true. He's our Valentine. Monty, we miss you on Valentine's Day. How are you? I'm okay. I survived. You did? That's good. I- Congrats. We did it. <laughs> um, you know, last time we talked a lot about judging um, coming off the John Jones, uh, Dominic Reyes fight. And I guess there's more layers to that onion since we last spoke. Uh, James Krause uh, was on that card and um, lost a split decision. Then it came out that Joe Solis, the judge that was uh, brought into question in the, the Jones and Reyes fight, um, was also the judge in James Krause's fight and actually uh, had a relationship with the coach of James Krause's uh, opponent, Trevin Giles. And uh, he was a black belt under Trevin Giles's coach in he, he scored the fight in the sort of controversial round for Trevin Giles, and a lot of people are up in arms uh, about that. And I, I, guys, I honestly don't know how to feel about something like that because he hadn't trained with him for a decade. And at the end of the day, MMA and combat sports is still a, a very small uh, group. It's hard to remove uh, all conflict uh, of interest. It's definitely not a good look, but... What do you think about that? Jeremy, if you were fighting someone in the modern era and knew that uh, a judge was a black belt under your opponent's coach, uh, would you be super upset by that? Yeah, that's that's an odd position. I read a little bit about the uh, that situation as well. And at first I was thinking... They said, well, he hasn't trained with him for a long, long time. And, and, uh, and I thought maybe there might have even been a little bit of... Um, uh, bad feelings between them. I thought I read, um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you train that long with somebody and then, you know, long enough to get a black belt under them, unless there's some kind of massive falling out, there's always going to be some loyalty there. And it, it may not even be to a level where you're going to intentionally do something wrong, but you know, you're going to lean that way, even if it's a subconscious leaning and that might be enough to make a difference clearly in a fight like Reyes and Jones, where it was, you know, it was pretty close. Uh, you know, yeah, something like that would be, uh, that's should have been disclosed and he should have recused himself. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, and, and you'd mentioned like maybe there was even bad feelings between the, the coach in question and the judge. I mean, that's even a, a bigger reason to not be right. in that situation. Cause, exactly. Cause then he might go the other way. Right. Subconsciously even. Right. But so, at, yeah, at the same time, like the reason part of me feels like it's not that big of a deal is because back in the day, I remember watching teammates of, fighters uh be referees in in their fights and and i i'm not lying when i say this sometimes those referees were harder on their teammate uh sure. than, than they should have been and in i guess you know when when that's a situation i would at least have you know the the want and desire for someone to know what they're doing be in charge even if there's a conflict of interest rather than someone who has no idea uh, what they're looking at, but obviously uh, times have changed. How do you feel about Mo- uh, how do you feel about Imani? Well, the thing the thing with judges, they always have more than three, and and they've got four, right. sometimes five, and so and if there's any hint of of uh, of a problem, just opt out of that fight. You know, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. You right. know, they send they send around um, at least they used to. They'd have all the the judges, and they did it in boxing. They would send around a little sheet, and it would say, "Is there anybody on this card that you feel like you know you need to recuse yourself, and and why?" And and uh, you know, it, it's just there's no if if the uh, if the if if the thought is that this could be you know improper, then then it is. Why why give people a reason? to you know to question it right just do do another fight yeah Yeah. well one thing that i sort of wondered is maybe all that information was given and maybe the name was given to joe salise but he didn't recognize the fact that he was from that camp or or something like that and maybe 
wouldn't know right away. But one thing that I do know, especially if it's, you know, a, a coaching and, and student sort of environment is you'll immediately become aware once you hear that coach barking instructions. I mean, I didn't even fight. And I remember, you know, my, my coach's voice being one that I could pick out because there's nothing like getting yelled at. And it's the same sort of situation where even if you're in the uh, arena, I think after the first round, Joe Lee's probably was like, oh, wait, I know that guy. Uh, maybe I need to go do something. Maybe it was too little too late, but uh, I don't know. You mentioned there's multiple judges, Monty. I, I feel like when they, they cycle them out, we need to have at least one judge that isn't necessarily the judge of that fight, but like an alternate that can be slid in in case something like that does happen. There needs yeah. to be some sort of like safety net, I think. Yeah. I mean, and, and there usually is, I mean, they'll, they, they, they can, they'll give you the list when you show up, it, it tells you all the fights and who's scheduled to do them. And if there's an issue, all you got to do is, is go up and say, like I would go to Bobby Lee and say, look, I, I have a problem with judging Jeremy Horn's fight. And he would look who else, uh, the other who one of the other two guys and say, why don't you guys switch this one? You do this one, you do that one. And it was done. It was simple. I, I just think it's better that than, than leave it open for scrutiny. Yeah, especially, exactly. especially because we have enough issues already. Right. right I mean, right. I mean, what do, what do you guys think about James Krause's argument here that, you know, he's going to try to appeal in, in combat sports very rarely does an appeal ever work. And, Beyond that, too, um, it's not like they would take away Trevin Giles' win money or anything like that. He's just trying to get the the record, I guess, expunged. But what's a no contest? Yeah, no, I I think that's the right answer. But like, have you ever appealed and won money? Have you ever had any situation like that with one of your clients where you went in front of the athletic commission and and actually got whatever decision they made uh, reversed? Yeah, yeah. Um uh which one was it uh roger huerta um was fighting in louisiana and i wasn't even there and uh he was fighting melvin uh gilliard oh yeah and, yeah this is the grease and, thing right yeah and in between he was greasing himself and and it was it was we had video of it of him putting vaseline on in between rounds and and roger is saying this is ridiculous i can't hold on to him i mean he's slipping all over the place and uh, and he he lost the decision, and uh, I appealed it and sent the video and all that stuff, and they made it a no contest. That's great. But, but at the same time, I had uh, Clementi fought uh, a local hero in Sweden, and it, it's it's the worst one of the the two or three worst decisions I've ever seen in MMA. He he got three takedowns for the three rounds, and all of them in the first thirty seconds. And mounted him all three times and finished the round on top. He he was on top 13 and a half to 14 minutes out of 15 minutes, pounding him. And the guy turning, he just couldn't finish him. And uh, at the end, they they judged all three rounds 10-10. And, uh, uh, and then they said, well, we got to have a winner. Well, that's how it was in Sweden then. And so you got to pick one. And uh, two out of three picked uh, picked the other guy. Shocking, shocking. Yeah. Was that was that the same card when I fought Tal's latest? Because I had a shitty decision then too. Yeah, I, I I think it was. Well, if you remember, we did we was that you and Clemente? Yep. Yeah, and that I one was, was there. That, yeah, that was horrible. And and uh, I mean, I saw I watched the video. I go, this is. I mean, he literally is doing nothing. He's just laying underneath him and. And the guy, that, and that was, I can't remember the guy's name. It was like Al Mazzini or something like that. He, the, the guy ended up going on to the UFC for a yeah, couple of fights, if UFC. I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah he did. And um, I appealed it, and they and their their ruling was, after a review by the commission, we feel that the fight was too close to consider this a bad decision. And I sent back, I go, you guys have have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Was it an actual commission? Yeah, they had a they had a commission that uh, it wasn't. It, they had a commission the uh, sport that it that it went to. Right. All right. And well, they, they looked at it, and I got the stupid thing back, and and uh, 
that was that was probably you know one of, one of the worst. They just they just weren't going to turn overturn it for anything. Right. Yeah. I mean that that's something you have to be aware of though too when you take those fines. I remember a lot of people oh, yeah. like when I was working at Sure Dog, people would send things um, you know in about you know a fight that was in the Fight Finder where they would say, oh, it was an amateur fight. And it's like, well, that's not what the promoter is saying. And because it's on, you know, tribal land, there's no real recourse for you to even appeal to the promoter. And if the promoter doesn't say anything, like, what are we going to do? You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, countless times have I seen uh, the the issues that you're sort of talking about with, uh, you know, places where there's not an athletic commission, um and you know those those records those fights stand they are in the fight finder um but it's like i know you're wrong man like i know you got wronged but like what what are we going to do because that's that's just sort of the state of mma at the time and and yeah. you don't you don't want to make it where those fights are not valid in areas where they're you know unregulated per se they're not illegal but like there's no real you know sort of infrastructure and it's like i don't know it, it's hard because it's like you you want the sport to grow but at the same time it's like you're going to be subjected to things that that's not really what professional athletes are used to dealing with but what are you going to do yeah so i don't know money have you ever thought into like thought about getting into regulation and like you know stepping back from i mean there's no money in it obviously it's not like judges are getting paid Unless they're yeah. getting paid, which might explain some decisions, but we know that's not happening. Uh-huh. It's, it's ignorance. But have you ever thought about trying to do that? Well, I mean, I I was I started out judging first in, right. in um, boxing and 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 did a couple world title fights for the IBF, and that's what I I enjoy it. And I'd still get calls for boxing in Iowa because the commission, you know, knew that I could judge, and if they had an ESPN show or something in Des Moines, they'd They'd bring me in, even though I'm an MMA promoter. They they didn't care. They'd rather you know get get someone in who who could yeah. pay attention. And that, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like obviously, there are times where there's a bit of conflict or whatever. Or you can make the argument that there may be conflict of interest. But don't you want at least someone who knows what they're looking at doing stuff like that, rather than you know the typical schmuck who doesn't know anything and just goes ah blue guy blue guy wins. <laughs> Well, that's that's the thing. I I, I had a I had a a time. It's in uh, with Jeremy when Jeremy was fighting uh, in rings, and um, I was in his corner um, because I'm very valuable there. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, remember, I'm yet to lose a shoe. Right. I, it, <laughs> Absolutely. You, you take two shoes off, and they and when you come back, there's two shoes there, and that doesn't happen with everyone. So, but. Uh, I, I, I like when I'm in the corner, since I'm not the main corner, I, I tend to walk around, look at judges, scorecards, sneak in, see what the commission's doing, just for something, the things I do. And I walked over to the one and I, and Jeremy had just beat the tar out of this guy, dropped him twice with kicks. And, uh, and the judge goes 10, 10. And, and I just, I just go, Oh, I go, you cheating son of a bitch. And and he looks up, and I forgot that you know in in Japan it's very quiet, <laughs> so everyone heard me. Everyone was yeah. looking, you know, and and uh, and uh, so uh, later on uh, the next time we came, uh, Mida uh, asked if I would judge, and I said, "Oh no, I've got I've got two uh, two guys on the card," and they go, "It's okay, we trust you," and I go, "That's not it." I go, "I don't think." I think my guys have less of a chance with me judging because I'm 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 worried I'll 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 worry about appearances and and uh, and conflict of interest and I won't give them a fair shake. I go I really really don't want to do it. And he goes, yeah, oh okay, yeah. so it's settled. Jen used to do the same thing when uh, when we were promoting shows. You know, Jen would always put together the fight card, and most of the time, the guys from our gym got 
pretty damn hard fights because she was so worried about looking bad by giving yeah. them easier fights. So they always got hard fights. Yeah. Sometimes harder than harder than average, harder than the other guys, you know. I, I remember uh, calling one of the, the Eddie Bravo tournaments uh, early on, and Eddie was the referee, and there was a situation where one of his guys was – um, you know, off the mat a little bit. He was he was fighting an arm triangle, and the, and the action started to get off the mat. And Eddie wanted to restart them in the center. And be, I don't know if Eddie was compensating for being the referee of one of his own guys, but he made them restart in the center and put this dude in an arm triangle. His own student made him get in much deeper into the arm triangle than he was when they were almost off the mat. And the guy ended up tapping. And I was talking to Eddie afterwards. I'm like. You know, you put him like way deeper into that submission than he was when he was off the mat. And he's like, well, at least no one's going to complain a conflict of interest. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. How does that affect me, Al Franken? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you know, Al Franken's from Minnesota, just like me. He's great. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. You might not like him, but I like him. Um, it's cold up there. It is. Yeah. That's why I left. Never to return. Um some other MMA news. Uh, looks like uh, Henry Cejudo is going to get his wish and, and fight Jose Aldo, which you don't see very often um, with a fighter, you know, having lost their last two fights. Uh, Aldo has lost his only fight at 135, and now he's fighting for the Bantamweight Championship in, in his next fight, which sort of articulates the fact that this is a entertainment sport. Entertainment, yeah. Right. I mean, your, your thoughts on that, Monty, what, what do you think about the UFC's decision to do that? And um, it's not like it's setting a precedent. We've seen, you know, things like this happen in the past, but it, it sort of furthers that notion that, you know, the fights that appeal or the, the fights that certain champions want to make are, are going to take uh, precedent rather than, you know, giving it to the number one contender. Well, I mean, once again, you, we, we need, I mean, the sport needs an independent ranking, you know, body that treats everybody fairly, that worries about the sport, not, not pay-per-view buys and, and things like that. It, it, uh, it, it's the same thing with the, I, it, you know, with the UFC Hall of Fame. You know, like Frank Shamrock will never be in it because they hate him, you know. And, and, uh, Come on, Dana might leave one day. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. It, it, uh, it's just it's wrong. I mean, it, but again, the UFC obviously they don't care. They're you know once they hit the four billion dollar value thing, they really don't care what anyone else thinks. It's it's you know and, and probably way before that, they do what they want to do, and that's that's the way it is. So you know if you want to follow the sport, you, you got to put up with the crap, and it's you know it's it's ridiculous to. You know, they have a rule now. This is what I'm being told by the matchmakers. You can't go into the UFC off a loss. But you can go into a title fight off of two losses. Well, I mean, UFC losses are a lot, you know, more impactful than regional losses. So right. I, but I we're talking, we're I talking about re a regional loss. You can't come in at the bottom of the no, card. I know. And, and that's but crazy. Two losses, you can't come well, in. And for a title. I mean, I've said this time and time again. It's crazy the way the UFC works now where, you know, two fighters can make their UFC debuts on the main card of a pay-per-view. And you look at someone like Cole Miller that fought in the UFC for a decade, uh, 20 fights, never fought on the main card of a pay-per-view ever. Yeah. And, and you got guys that are making their debuts on main cards, uh, pay-per-views. You hit on something that I think I, I, I'm pretty passionate about. I don't know. You know how it's going to ever come to fruition. Um, there are some out there, but they're not really, uh, you know, accredited and credentialed. But I think we need a real mixed martial arts Hall of Fame. And the UFC Hall of Fame, I mean, it's great for what they're doing. But like you said, like it's not, it's not something that is voted upon by really anybody. There's no rhyme or reason to who gets in and unfortunately because the UFC Hall of Fame is the UFC Hall of Fame I think it excludes a lot of you know really all-time great fighters that maybe don't have the the legacy um, to get into the UFC Hall of Fame based on UFC accomplishments one of them well, that, I, I think is is trying to interrupt me right now I think Jeremy <laughs> Horn uh, belongs in a Hall of Fame 
Well, that's what I was going to say. So the, the UFC often uh, presents itself as the MMA Hall of Fame. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've had people tell me I belong there and I, I'm flattered and I don't know if I agree with that. But there may be grounds for me in an MMA Hall of Fame. Right. You know, I, I fought early. Five Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on the go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. In the sport, and I, you know, I did a lot, but in the UFC, I didn't really do that much. I had a dozen fights. I fought for the title a couple of times. I beat some guys, lost to other guys. It wasn't anything spectacular. But if you look at my overall body of work in the sport, then maybe there's an argument there. Right. So I don't have a I don't have a problem not being in the UFC Hall of Fame. Right. But yeah, the, you know, it's a totally separate issue. The UFC presents itself, and most do as well. Right. As the MMA Hall the, of Fame. But yeah, it's, the, that's, that's one. That, that's one thing. Go ahead. I was going to say, Jeremy, are you in the other that the other MMA Hall of Fame? I didn't even know there was another MMA. Oh, yeah, there's one that they, I mean, they've been inducting for probably eight years now. And um, it's, uh, uh, they they had it out. And like I I inducted uh, John McCarthy uh, into it. And uh, I think uh, Pulver inducted uh, Militich. But what's the criteria? Who's putting these people in, Monty? Like, that's the problem. Like, I'm not saying that this is not a good Hall of Fame because. The right. names that you mentioned, I think, definitely belong in there. But th- there needs to be, you know, something similar to the Baseball Writers Association. There, there is. There is. Okay. They had, they had uh, I believe they had 30 um, MMA types uh, from trainers to coaches to media to whoever. And and you would get a list of all the people that, that um, if you were nominated once, you always stayed on that list. And then new people would come in all the time. Like they asked me, is there anybody not on this list that you think should be considered? And, and I put in guys like, um, uh, what's the name that did uh, 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 Battle of the Masters? Latuli, Tom Latuli. I mean, he, he, he was a longtime martial artist. And, man, he, got, he was the first one around the Midwest to start doing that and pretty much – discovered pat and stuff and he he may not get in for years and years and years but i was trying to find people that especially from a ways back that that people don't think of you know they only think of you know we got we got to get forrest griffin and and bonner in you you know who i question some of some of that but, but uh but anyway so it it, it was as it's probably as close as as, right. as anything and they had they have a um a um manager slash promoter uh uh category and stuff and i i got in it i think about five years ago but i mean this is the problem like we're talking about this mma hall of fame i'm literally googling it and can't find it yeah i didn't know it existed either oh wow yeah, yeah well- I'm trying to find it. Let me see if I can find the guy's name that was doing it. But um, but you guys go ahead and talk about. Well, I mean, I mean, this, this is the thing. Like, there's a lot of talk amongst uh, yourselves. Yeah, there there are a lot of uh, uh, you know similarities between professional wrestling and, and mixed martial arts from a business standpoint. And the Hall of Fame is 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 right there as well. Uh, you look at the UFC's Hall of Fame, very similar to the WWE's Hall of Fame. And for the WWE, they've, they've done things um, to put people in the Hall of Fame that had no real affiliation with their company. And, and that's great. And it does give them some legitimacy. But still, at the end of the day, it is a Hall of Fame class that is put in every year based on upper management's decisions. And you even look at some of the people that they put in their Hall of Fame um, that had no affiliation with the company as a whole, and it just so happens to coincide with their, you know, audio or their video library being purchased by the UFC or by the WWE. And it's like, 
Yeah, like I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know if we necessarily need uh, a fighters union. I don't know if we need uh, a writers union. I don't know what we need per se. Um, you know, from from that standpoint of things. But I wish there was some sort of uh, association where independent uh media members or independent journalists would would get together and you know honor the people with without an agenda i'm waiting for monty to give us the, the this place now <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm looking i i just i just got a uh, i just had to stop a call from militich uh-oh <laughs> imagine he's getting imagine he's getting his uh um that that he's getting his uh, uh, medicals done for this fight coming up, yeah. Here here it is. It's um, it's a mixed martial arts hall of fame, um, and uh, it has under it it has candidates classic era pre UFC. It has a bunch of people that are nominating the guys who made it. What's it called? Where's the website? It is uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, well, it's a long, long thing. Okay, no, I can't do this. Type in <laughs> Monty Cox, Monty Cox Hall of Fame. All right, we're not starting on a good foot. I mean, this is basically invalidating it right, right away. I'm just saying that's how I got to it, and then there, and when I did that, there was a mixed martial arts Hall of Fame, and that's how I. All right. Yeah, it's MMAHalloFame.com. That's the first one that came up. All right, perfect. Um, all right, let's see who's in here. Hall of Famers. Uh, class. Of, wow. Okay. So when I click on... It has, like, a Pioneer's Wing class of 2003, 2004. Like, none of it's clickable, though. All okay. right. Um, Are you not... look? Uh, um, keep going down. Do you have some years that are... In, it's in blue? No. Um... Let me see where. And I don't know what. It's, so, and that's the thing too. To like the page that I'm on, it basically says the class of 2012 was the last one. Yeah, I think they've done more. I don't think it's been updated. If you look, did you you typed in Monty Cox MMA Hall of Fame? Yeah, I found that. Okay. Now I'm at the okay, main page. Now, okay, now look down it, and it says mixed martial arts Hall of Fame Google sites. Hang on, I go. I gotta go back to your individual page then. That's what I was trying to tell you. Yeah, uh, mixed martial arts hall of fame Google sites. Yeah, see, it should be the third one. On your page? No, you just you just type up Monty Cox yeah. MMA Hall of Fame in Google. Uh huh. He's talking about the search results. Oh, the search results. Yeah. It's a third one Where down. The, yeah, the third one for me is a Facebook post that says, "Thank you, Monty Cox, West Coast Boxing Hall of Fame." Why would you get different ones than me? Because that's how Google works in their algorithm. It takes the okay. information that, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I found your page in the MMA Hall of Fame. Well, um, no, I didn't, that's not what I'm trying to get you to. Oh, okay, okay. It's Mixed Martial Arts Hall of Fame dash Google Sites. Mixed Martial Arts Hall of Fame Google Sites. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's like a blog post or something. It's sites.google.com. Oh, yeah, got, so got it. I'm there now. Martial, you know, yeah. yeah. Okay. And now this has, if when you go down it, it shows you all the different, how, how they did it and stuff like that and all of it. This is before I was inducted because mine isn't done. Uh, it's before Pat was done too there. But you see how I said they, people just nominated and you try, we tried to get um, as many good people in there as, as we could that, that everyone remembered and stuff. I mean, this is the problem though. That's kind of like, showing the point here uh we're looking at a post on the internet where we have no idea where the modern uh class has been updated or there's no right. real identity and it's like i don't know unfortunately the mma media is more divided than the fighters that make up mma so <laughs> i yeah it's never gonna get better but like i don't know i just i wish we could make that happen yeah i agree i think i think it should be yeah yeah, so I don't know. Hey, Jeremy, make that happen. Yeah, I'll okay. that by the next by next Tuesday. It's already done. <laughs> Perfect. Re redo a Google search and you'll find it. Everybody's in agreement. We're all on the same page now. There we go. <laughs> there we go. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
What, what, what are your thoughts? We were talking a little bit about Henry Cejudo and, and Jose Aldo. Um, Monty, you've obviously managed your fair share of champions inside the UFC. Like, what do you think the modern sort of approach is to champions sort of demanding things compared to the the older uh, approach? Do you think it's changed a lot, and, and do you think it's it's for the better or for worse? Well, I think it's changed a lot, and I personally don't care for it. I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think the fighters are reflecting what Dana wants. I mean, you know, I mean, it, there's there's no... All the good fighters have been told at one time or another, hey, you want to fight, get online and and, uh, and go after it. And, and I mean, really, is that how it's supposed to go for every single fight? You know, it, it it's one thing when you get when you get two people that don't like each other, um, like Connor and everybody, <laughs> you know, it, that's interesting because he's really good at it. But for everyone, for every Connor, there's 200 others who are horrible at it. And, and, it, and they don't even, you know, no one wants to hear some guy that's uh, the first fight of a 14-fight card in, you know, in, in nowhere, Ohio, um, you know, to have him want stories done because he's, he hates his opponent and everything he stands for. I mean, it's like you, you got to pick your times, and and when it when it makes sense and and all that. Um, I I just I think we got along with it without it for a long time, and uh, now we're I mean again inter, it's more entertainment to me that kind of stuff than than it is anything else. The the promoter shouldn't have to tell a fighter you know to get on and talk shit about somebody. What do you yeah, think about it's that? It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean, the people should be fighting and gaining, uh, you know, gaining uh, opportunities based on their performance in the ring. Um, and it, it irritates me as well that people, I mean, if you're a loudmouth and you're quick-witted and you got a purple mohawk, people don't really care if you're not that good, you know, as long as you're decent. But that's the thing, yeah, it's just, yeah, I agree with Monty 100%. I get sick of people that, you know, the, the, the sport is being guided by, you know, the people that talk shit rather than the people that are good. Right. And, and part of that, I feel, though, is just a byproduct of how many UFCs there are in a year. You know, there's there's 40 some odd events. Um, you know, there's 13 fights on every card. And if you aren't loud, um, you know, with how you handle yourself in the press and, and press conferences and whatnot, like you can even be a good fighter where you're knocking people out. And yeah. it, you kind of get lost in the in the mix and the shuffle. And I don't know how to fix that per se, but I definitely do feel like there were a lot more intriguing personalities when there were five or six cards a year uh, than there yeah. are now when there's 40 some. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I definitely want to believe that at the end of the day, opportunities are earned based on, you know, your accomplishments inside the octagon or ring or wherever you're fighting. But uh, I mean, at the end of the day, combat sports, it's, it's not a meritocracy, unfortunately. You would think that this would be the uh, most reward-based uh, sport on the planet when it comes to winning um, things because, yeah. you know, it's not a game per se. But, like, at the end of the day, like, think about it. Like, if you make a stick and ball analogy with Jose Aldo getting this Bantamweight title fight, it's like he lost the AFC championship but still gets to go to the Super Bowl. It's like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But I don't he, know. He lost. He lost the championship game and the game before that. Right. Well, the game before that was in a different weight division, so it's like <laughs> it's like losing the CFL championship game or something. I don't. Yeah. I don't. It, sticking ball no, sports correct. analogies don't work, but yeah. You know. You know. Back in in the day after uh, after Dana and, and the Fertitas took over, um, Sean Shirk. Uh, fought fought Matt Hughes and and Shirk had been with me but but couldn't get into the UFC because I already had my allotted number of people you, you know at that time you could you could only have two guys per division per manager you know which was Dana made up you know for me to stop me from having too many people and um, so Shirk ended up getting in he had to leave me and go to another manager and then he got in at the when he got in, he was uh, he was nineteen and one, uh, no nineteen and 0, 19 and zero, 
and uh, he won his he won his first two fights, and then fought Matt, and he he went the distance. The first guy, in, you know, maybe the first to go five rounds, and and gave him a hell of a run. And after that, they cut him because they didn't get along with his new manager, and and uh, and so it had nothing to do with what Sean did. I mean, here now he's nineteen and one, and just took, you know, Matt Hughes the distance, and they go, yeah, you're out. I mean, how crazy, it, you know? So it's been this way forever. It wasn't not just popularity, not just pay per view buys, but if your manager, if you don't like the manager, or or if the fighter says something. So I mean, it's been since the very beginning that they've run this thing as entertainment, not as sports. Right. I mean, that's why the, the brand was more popular than the fighters for a very right. long time. I think, you know, Conor McGregor being bigger than the company is a situation that is, is pretty new. You know what I mean? I don't think they ever had a fighter, you know, prior to, you know, Ronda Rousey, uh, that was, you know, more noticeable than the brand. And, and maybe even that's a stretch. I don't know. Conor definitely is. Um, yeah. but, yeah, let me ask you this, Monty. Um, you talk about you know getting fighters in the UFC, and it was was difficult back in the day. Um, obviously, there's more events now, but if someone comes to you with a, a pretty solid record and they want to get into the UFC, is it harder in 2020 than it was in 2010 or 2005? Because I feel I, like it, it, it's a lot harder. Is it really? It, 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 especially if you're. Uh, in in the 155 or 170 pound weight class, the, the the fact that they got so many more cards, you you would think that that would would solve a lot of problems, but it really doesn't because they they have so many people now that back out of fights. Guys didn't use to back out of fights ever. I mean, you if you broke your hand, you didn't tell people. If like Laverne Clark, you ran over your foot with a lawnmower. And you fought and had a fight a week later. You wore a shoe. You you fought, and now guys just routinely drop out all the time, and so they have to keep a uh, uh, you know a, a group of guys, six hundred guys, to to prepare for that for all the dropouts that they have, and then they and then they're trying to get like everyone. You want to get guys from your area, and now it's not just are they going in Vegas. And then in Ohio and then in Pennsylvania, now they're going to India, you know, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, You've got to you've got to have fighters representing all of those areas. And so when I talk to the matchmakers now, basically, they have more people in, you know, under contract than they than they need right now. And and the only way to get a person in is, you know, if. if there's an opening and no one who is already under contract will will fill it, and then they got to go outside to get one, you know, it doesn't matter. Uh, Sean was telling me about a guy that's 21 and 0 that he sure is really good. He goes and everyone's calling, but they don't, they can't take anyone at that weight class right now. It's just there's just not enough openings. So, so yeah, a lot, lot harder than it was. Th- so the idea of making your UFC debut with a proper eight to twelve week training camp—that that's just not likely anymore. I don't, I don't think that's likely at all. Yeah, um, it's, a whole it's a whole different game. I mean, we would um, back back in say two thousand two thousand six or seven. Um, I would have guys that are ready to go and and. Uh, you know, Joe Silva would know about him, but he, he there's not room right now. But he knows I and we got these guys, and he wants to get them in, and uh, and not just me, but other guys. And so, you know, uh, back then, um, every year they would they would flush out some of the guys at the at the end, you know, when their contracts came up, and uh, and move them along. But um, uh, it. Uh, it cleared enough to get some more people in, but nowadays it, it just even even when they get rid of thirty guys and stuff like that, it doesn't put a dent in it. There's just so many fighters. So let let me ask you this: Obviously, the UFC is still you know the the big show. It's the goal for really any mixed martial artist they want to become you know UFC champion. But 
the, the the road is a lot harder there. There's always talk that if you get to a Bellator, that the the money is is better there. If you're a star, like if a day one fighter comes to you with a a solid amateur record, say he's 15 and 0, he's he's looking to turn pro. What do you tell him the roadmap is for his professional career? Because obviously he's going to want to become the UFC champion, but like, what are the realistic sort of things that that type of fighter should expect to have to experience? Well, I mean, I think it all, de- it all depends on how good the guy really is. I mean, nowadays, no one goes 15 and 0 amateur. They, they were lucky if we can get them, hold them amateur for five fights, but if they have the background, if they're, if they were a, a you know Division One All American wrestler and they got a lot of boxing and jujitsu under their belt, that kind of stuff, then I always suggest. I mean, there's there's nowhere to make money like the UFC. I mean, that's with, with those fifty thousand dollar bonuses and things. It's it just you you a beginner guy. He's still starting off in the neighborhood of fifteen and fifteen, and. Uh, uh, and if and if he gets knocked out of the night, he's walking away with eighty thousand dollars in his first fight, plus thirty five hundred uh, from Reebok. So there's no better place. But if you're not if if you're not that level, if you're kind of like you could compete, but I don't ever see you having a chance for the title, then then I always look at Bellator because they do a great job. I mean they've they do pay well. They they treat their stars very well. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just an option. I, I never look at UFC as one, Bellator as two. There's just, you know, there's three big shows, PFL, Bellator, and UFC. And it doesn't matter to me, you know, which one I, I uh, uh, you know, which one I, I, I put them in. I mean, right now, if, if I, if, if I had a guy that was really good, say he's got seven pro fights, I would try to get him in the, in the PFL. I mean, where else can you win a million dollars? Jeremy's guy's done it, you know, by beating my guy. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so so who's the better of us, Monty? I mean, you've put hundreds of careers through the through the lights and, and, and made everybody's dreams come true, and I did it once. Yeah. So. <laughs> and and you know, you know, you know, TJ, you know how he did it. How's that? I think I think that I think the judges, two of them, train under him. Ah, oh, come on! Yeah. <laughs> and the third and the third one used to, but it ha- it's been like ten years since we trained together. Exactly. Yeah, it'd been weeks. You know how close that was um, with 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 my fighter with with Dan uh, Spawn. Uh, we win the first round y- unanimous, ten nine. Everyone agrees. In the second round, all because of the rules, all he's got to do is not get finished or not not get two 10-8s against him. If he if he gets one 10-8 and loses the other's 10-9, we won the first round, we move on. And so it it's a it's a it's a battle. It, it went back and forth, but my guy definitely took the brunt of it, but still close. And two yeah. guys gave him a 10-8, one didn't. If the if just one of those other 10-8s is a 10-9, my guy moves on, and his, I mean, his guy may you know doesn't win the million dollars. Hey, yep. Hey, Jeremy, do these do these do these grapes taste sour? <laughs> I think they might be a little bit sour. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah I'm. No, it was say- like okay. we knew that was a, a really close fight. Uh, just like Monty said, you know, Dan won the first round, and and Sean won the second, and he got a knockdown. But it wasn't it wasn't like a massive landslide win. So yeah, we knew we were like. You know how how much credit are people gonna the judges gonna give that knockdown? So yeah, right. it was it was it was a real close one because because Sean had him hurt and he went down, but it, he wasn't that close to being put away. You know, generally when Sean hits people, they just stop existing. Yeah, uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah, that's it, it came right down to it. It was a nail biter. <laughs> and then and then last and then this past year, my guy um, he loses his first fight to the Russian that was seventeen and one or whatever. And uh, he went out and tried, you know, uh, Dan tries to knock people out and he got caught and got finished. Well, so everyone else is just hanging on and they're, they're not really going for it. But that proved to be a good deal because we come to the second fight. He now has to win and he just has to get he has to finish his guy uh, 
in the third round and he advances. Well, his guy who we felt comfortable we would beat doesn't make weight. So he he gets disqualified and we get the lowest number of points you can get for a win, three. Well, so we end up we were the only guy in the PFL last year that had a win and didn't make the tournament. We were one and one, but because uh, because uh, uh, we lost early in the first one, all the other guys if they lasted longer than Dan did, they all advanced. But they all got they all had a chance on the last day to finish a guy in the first, second, or third round to move on, and we didn't have that chance. So I think they're changing that rule um, for this coming year. I mean, it, but, it, the the whole season thing. I'm not against it, but it it is kind of weird. I don't know if combat sports really has a long term uh, future when it comes to like PFL seasons. I'm not I'm not against it, but they're they're still missing something. I don't exactly know what it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love watching the million dollar finale. Like it's awesome. Like to see guys literally change their life with one fight. Yeah. Um, I mean, that that's something that is thrown around a lot. You hear about, you know, I just had that one fight and it changed my life. Yeah, but not for a million dollars. That that doesn't happen very often. So no. to, to me, it, it, don't get me wrong, the PFL, like what their goal is and what they're doing is fantastic. But I, I still sit on the outside looking in going, there's something missing here. I don't know if it really resonates with the the casual fan per se. I know that hardcore fans are, are watching a, a lot of it, but still, I don't know what they need to do, but it, it needs to be something. Maybe it's just more yeah, talent. I, I don't know. I, I I think what they're trying to do, obviously, is they're trying to draw a little bit of attention from the other sporting leagues, you know, having a season in playoffs and finals. Um, so I think the naming of it is a little bit silly, uh, but I, I like the idea of having a quote-unquote season where fighters can fight to try to earn a spot in what they're calling the playoffs. Uh, because I like the idea of being able to fight and and one loss or maybe two losses not meaning the end of the road for you to possibly win a title. Right, especially in the we, sport. We, I mean, it makes more yeah. sense the record is not what, what a lot of people yeah. think records are in other combat sports. Well, and, and we all know that, that – you know, two good guys on any given night could beat each other. So I like that, you know, one loss, one bad night doesn't, you know, doesn't completely right. erase your chances. Right. Um, so I like that. But, yeah, I agree. It's uh, kind of odd that the naming of it to me is what's right. weirdest. But uh, I love I love the layout itself. One thing that I also really like about it is the idea that we reward fighters for being effective. Um you know, mixed martial arts is is a game in a lot of ways. You have to be tactical, and if you know you're not going to finish a fighter, you need to sometimes be conservative and, and just do enough to win uh, the judge's decision. But at the same time, like, everyone gets into martial arts to be an efficient fighter that can, you know, get themselves out of, you know, precarious situations and, you know, incapacitate someone at times. And, you know, no one ever dreams of winning the world title by you know 50 45 decision or 48 no one no one wants the judges to render that decision and uh you know th there are bonuses and whatnot in in certain you know companies but at the end of the day like part of me feels like we we don't see fighters go for the kill all of the time because if they do so they're, they're going to leave themselves vulnerable to, to lose a, a decision and there's nothing worse i think than watching two fighters compete uh, not to lose. And, and if you understand what I'm saying by that, um, I think you'll probably feel the same way, but let me try to explain it to people that don't know. Like if, if you know that you can't finish a guy, but you need to outpoint them, you may not be so aggressive in trying to get a knockout or be so aggressive in, in going for a submission. Um, you may not jump for a guillotine because you'll find yourself on your back and, there goes the round. And uh, I, I wish there was a way to just not penalize MMA fighters uh, for for being aggressive. Because at times, I think aggression can, you know, sort of cause you to lose a fight. Uh, and your opponent wins by not really being the aggressor. And, and that's counterintuitive to what I think this entire sport is all about. 
Yeah, I, I, I think a lot of that comes from uh, weakness in, in technique. Um, you know, not everybody, not every case, obviously, but there's a lot of guys out there that it seems like now their only option and their only interest is stand up and brawl. Um, and, and if you're ahead, you run. If you can't knock the guy out, you play conservative. What happened to the idea of taking the guy down and, and you know, using the groundwork to m- manipulate and, and maneuver him into a submission? Right. I mean, you know, like there's the, the to me, it seems like that that whole, you know, play it safe mentality is not as effective. Maybe that's not the right word. It, you don't see it as much into grapplers. Right. Because in gra- in grappling, like you either have skill or you don't. And if you even if you have two grapplers that are pretty equally matched, it's going to be obvious who won based on who had the better technique and the better display. Not I'm a little bit ahead. I better play conservative. So nothing else happens because it might tip the scales against me. Right. I mean, one of my, one of my favorite things in, in mixed martial arts is when someone head kicks somebody and then finishes them with a guillotine or a rear naked choke. You know what I mean? Like that's what the sport is, is all about. It's all about, um, you know, getting the finish and doing it in a variety of ways, using all of your skills. And, you know, unfortunately, that's one thing about mixed martial arts that I think the game aspect of things has changed is a lot of fighters now compete to please the judges and they won't go for something that if they don't get like if you go for um, a rear naked choke off of a, a head kick that flattens someone and you end up on bottom and they do nothing but they had control for three and a half minutes. A lot of judges forget that you nearly knocked the guy out and went for a submission. Yeah. Yeah. And that just goes back to what we talked about before. Just retarded judges that don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to see how many fighters have quote unquote stole the round because they were in control in the last 45 to 90 seconds. Like there's never yeah. a more important moment in a fight. I think uh, then that, uh, and also too, I feel like judges are really forgetful. And if there is a groin strike in the middle part of the round and there's a, you know, three to four minute, uh, break for that fighter to recover, I feel like what happened prior to that, the judges just don't remember. Yeah. Well, that's why he wasn't that the, that that's why they went to rounds. Remember the, uh, the boss Rutan and Kevin Randleman fight. Where, where Kevin Randleman, I mean, almost killed Boss in the first five minutes of the fight. And then Boss came back and dramatically won the second half and got the win. But if you'd have flipped that, if Boss would have had the beginning and Kevin would have had the, the second half, Kevin would have got the win. And and that's why they, one of the reasons they said we got to start, you know, judges just don't remember they need they we need to break it down by rounds like they do in boxing so they don't have to remember 36 minutes or something yep back to the old rules money you don't finish your guy <laughs> to draw yeah that's that's how it was hey on, on the pfl the one what i think it doesn't work right now is it's hard for me to look at a regular season that's two fights 100 percent right in a playoffs right. that's three yeah it's it's kind of weird you know, and and I think if if they got that to be four fights, then you can you can have a complete screw up and get finished, but yeah. still work your way back. Plenty of time. Not, not with two fights, it's pretty much one one screw up, and that's it. Yeah. Well, I, I would love to see them expand the the season to lots and lots of fighters, and just find a way to 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 pare down wins and losses. I, and I'm not quite sure how to make that work, yeah. but. You know, why Why is the season 12 fighters and the playoffs is eight? I mean, like, come on. Like, really, if it's a season, let's let's do lots of regular fights. Let's do, you know, a lot of guys and give them a chance to, to win a spot and move up through the ranks in one yeah. quote-unquote season. I mean, I'm know? sure it comes down just to money. I mean, it can only pay for sure. six different weight classes. 12 is the most that they can pay. And then uh, an eight-man tournament makes sense, although – I mean, if you really want to reward the fighters for having the most points during the regular season, you you know you could do uh, a sixteen man tournament and have two people get buys, 
or something where you're really sure. rewarded. Or, right. you know, I mean, let's say the, the, the playoffs, you know, the, the, the eight-man tournament at the end is big, but does that mean that the entire season has to be that big? I mean, it's it's a chance to get into a tournament where you're going to make decent money. So the, the season could be, you know, look at the, the, the Rocky kind of scenario. You know, some guy comes out of nowhere, nobody knows him, and he just consistently wins his way through the through the season and earns a spot in the tournament. You know, because he just keeps winning. I mean, that that's one thing that I really like about the PFL is it is a meritocracy. You win, you advance, you progress. There's no questions about whether or not right. you deserved this or that. Right. And, you know, I understand that the UFC has to focus on, on marketing and, and doing things like that. But I would love to see the UFC in some area. Maybe it's a different sort of series or shoulder programming to what they're doing. Not that I'm saying that we need more UFC fight cards, but... Yeah, I do feel like there would be some value in leaving the marketing side out of, you know, some sort of format and just allow these fighters to really prove themselves by, you know, getting the job done. And and I think if they were able to break that off a little bit, uh, it, it wouldn't be very hard to sort of build contenders because you could say, oh, they're, you know, whatever series winner or, you know, they've really earned this fight rather than, um, you know, having three guys say in a division where any one of them could be a contender uh, for a title, but then you end up giving the title shot to a former champion who's at the tail end of his career, because that's what the current champion wants. Right. Yeah. That's. Oh, so frustrating. Uh, What do you guys think about uh, Invictus tournament format? Are you, are you familiar with that? I am not. How do they? It's a one night, uh, eight fighter tournament. Um, where the quarterfinal and semifinal rounds, they're really a sprint. It's one round. So the fighters have one round uh, to figure it out. The winners of the uh, quarterfinals, if you got a finish, um, you will get to pick who your opponent is in the semifinal round. So fastest finish gets to pick uh, who they fight in, you know, in... In return, also, they pick the other side of the bracket. And that second uh, fight, the semifinal round, is also um, one fight or one round fight. And then in the finale, it is a three round regular uh, mixed martial arts bout. That's interesting. I I think uh, I don't know if that's any more or less fair, but I think it's interesting and adds a little bit of uh, a spin on it that that's might uh, have some creative things happening. I think we just need to go back to the full-on eight-man, three rounds each fights. People need to stop being pussies and being too broken to fight after after one fight. Uh, let's go back to doing that. I, I'm, um, I'm all with with that, but then I see that photo of Babalu after uh, he beat you in the finale of that IFC tournament, Jeremy, and I'm like, oh, my God. Can we let right, people you know why do that? that? Is? Why? Because he fights like a knucklehead and tries to brawl and punch with everybody. <laughs> I, That's I, on him. I had, I had three fights that night as well. Do you remember what I looked after that fight? Yeah, Even you, after a fight that I quote unquote lost. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I have a mark on me because I, I fight, I fight with the mindset of the old school, like self defense mentality. You know, I want to win this fight as fast and as clean as I can and take as little damage as possible. Right. I hope the, I hope the fans are entertained by it. I hope they enjoy it. Um, but I'm not really here to entertain the fans. I'm here to win a damn fight. Right. And to me, you that's know? entertaining in itself. If you can go right. through eight guys and go to the bar afterwards and look like you just got off of work at a regular factory job or something like that, that's pretty damn impressive. It's also right. impressive how Babalu got that clock to stop about 15 seconds early. I don't right. <laughs> I don't know. But that's but that's the thing, and that's one thing that I that I I don't really care for about the way the the sport is going now. But I, I see it as a necessary evil, obviously, because the entertainment value is part of what makes the sport grow and makes us money. But uh, I have always been of the mindset that like I I treat this like self defense. I'm I want to win this fight, like I said, fast and clean, and get the hell out of there. Right. And that's part of the reason I don't have very many decisions because, you know, I'm not trying to be, you know, reckless and wild, but I want this fight over with. Right. You know, I want to finish it. Yep. And I think, you know, even the converse has said about you, Jeremy, we've talked about this in the past. If you're in a situation where you know you're hurt 
and you're not going to be able to finish a guy like you get out of there like you there's no shame in admitting right. the fact that like look i can't see i can't continue or you know right. I'm, I'm getting hurt here i i need to to quit you live to fight uh another day um and, and i think you have the the personality and mentality of a martial artist i've said for a long time now that mixed martial arts is made up of three different personalities um one is a martial artist you know jeremy horn's a martial artist damian maya is a martial artist um stephen wonderboy thompson martial artist the the next would be uh an athlete you know someone that uh is doing this because they have athletic skill and ability and uh you know they're furthering their their sporting career in mixed martial arts a brock lesnar was that um tyron woodley um is that um you can even say greg hardy is that and then the third and and final sort of personality to me is the fighter mentality and don't get me wrong you can be uh you know uh, a blend of these uh personalities but you know fighters to me um the fighter mentality would be a, a robbie lawler um a nick diaz um, you know, fight, yeah, fighters I, like I, that. I agree a hundred percent. I've run into lots of guys that are incredible athletes and, 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 but they're competitors, you know, they don't, they're not there to fight. They're there to win a game. And as soon as that game gets hard and gets physically uncomfortable, like, ah, I guess I'm not doing this anymore. I don't want to fight. I want to win a game. Right. You know, and then, and, and those are the type that, that don't want to take a lot of abuse. Um, you know. So, I like the yeah, approach. No, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, to me, combat sports is a game. You know, it's a simulated fight. And I think mixed martial arts at the at the, the highest level is the most, uh, you know, similar to anything goes sort of fight. But at the end of the day, like, it's still a game. And it's one that uh, I think we're constantly going to be uh, adjusting to. We've, we've talked a lot about judges. And, you know, I've heard this analogy or not analogy, but this this point made all the time that, you know, referees need to know the fighters that they're overseeing, you know, who has a good chin, who, you know, can get dropped and, and come back and, and, you know, uh, you know, needs a little bit longer of a leash per se than some other fighters, uh, when it comes to their, their style of fighting. Do, do you guys think that fighters need to be aware of who the judges are and, and their judging history so they can, you know, adequately sort of adjust their approach and go, well, you know, we got so-and-so uh, judging our fight tonight. We know that in the past he's really uh, rewarded guys in, in top position. Maybe we need to make sure that we get a takedown in every round and, and you know, earn some quote-unquote points there. I, I mean, I think it would be a smart thing to do, but I think it's it's absolute bullshit that a fighter would need to strategize like that. Again, the goal is win the fight. I mean – if it's the same kind of thing I tell guys training at the gym, if if my goal is to win this fight and I do everything in my power to win this fight, but it goes to the time limit, then by default, I, you know, I, I did everything I could to earn the points, so to speak, to, to get a decision. If the other guy did more than me to win the fight, then he deserves the decision. I shouldn't have to change my strategy to earn points because that implies that what I was doing already was not something that was going to win the fight. Right. Yeah. No, I agree you know? with you. I mean, changing your so, technique to fit judges' opinions is, right. is silly. But I mean, but, so like you're right, but so it, it probably would be useful, but I think that that would be, you know, that would be something that just indicates the weakness in our judges. Because I mean, think about it. Let's say you know, let's say I'm a I'm a I'm a grappler. I am obviously, and like you said, you know, I, I know there's a judge that likes takedowns, and he's going to score it for me in terms of takedowns. Well, what am I doing standing up and boxing with people? Why why aren't I? I mean, taking him down is part of my style, you know. Right. And if you and if you happen to be a knockout artist like Robbie, why would he say, "Oh, I better I better shoot a couple of takedowns and make sure this judge likes me"? Like, screw that! I'm just going to knock this clown out and right. just end the fight. You right. know. Um. Or, or, I mean, you know, you could also just have your manager walk around the judges and right. call them cheaters when they yes. don't go your yes. way. <laughs> you know, I think on this thing, the, 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 I think in your game plan that you, that you, that you put together, that there, that there should be a consideration for scoring points in that game plan. Like if you get the takedown and get position, you know, don't forget, 
you know, um, you know, throw some blows here and there, you know, score some points while you have the the top position, just in case you don't get the finish that you're hoping for. That at least you're winning, the, you're scoring the winning rounds, and you get the victory. You know, yeah. some some people will get a takedown. They're they're in a great position, and it's like, you know, I I, I watch and I'm like, you know, you can hit him. Yeah, you can actually. Well, punch see, I would there. I, I mean, I would agree with that under like a different goal because I'm like, I'm not going to hit you a few times to score points. I'm going to hit you a few times to make you do what I want so that I can win the fight. But it amounts to the same action, but my purpose is different. Yeah, staying busy, understanding that getting a takedown and holding that position doesn't doesn't do much for the shouldn't do much for the judges. But while you're there, it 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 wouldn't hurt, um, you know, to to knock his block off a little bit and, sure. and uh, absolutely you know and 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 take advantage of that position yeah and and I agree but that that to me goes back to the mindset of a fighter that's in this fight to to finish it i you know i'm not going to i'm not going to take you down and then like okay we got 2 minutes left in this round i'm up i'm just going to coast like screw that right <laughs> i got 2 minutes left i better hurry if i'm going to finish you in these right. 2 minutes i know? mean it's it's a fight you know it's a fight right. at least it's supposed to be and i don't know how many people at the bar like you want to step outside and go to a judge's decision <laughs> let's go i will oh, i will beat you 3027 yes. no, no, you know i'll beat you 3026 son <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. That's actually really funny. <laughs> MMA stories. The good, the bad, and the bizarre.